Welcome into a new episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. My name is John. Hello, everyone Hello, out there. Everyone. We are back. We are back. We're back consistently now, John, two weeks in a row. Yes. Uh, guys, first off, I just want to say thank you for the, the awesome feedback we've been getting on the new cover art. Yes. The new uh, the new. Thank you, know, you Chris, for, for all that you do for our little podcast. Oh, yeah, I, uh, it is um, super um, important. Take a drink and say, while that mm-hmm. you do this because I <laughs> suck at this stuff. <laughs> hey, we all have a skill set. We, right. we won't mention yours on air. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> can, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny my skill sets. Perfect. Um, yeah, man, it's been really cool to kind of to you know in a way rebrand is kind yeah. of the word they the yeah we like you like know we've kind of outgrown some things and you know we're trying to. Trying yeah. to grow up a little bit here. Spread them wings. Spread them wings a little Fly bit. Big. Yes. Yeah, man. So, John, let's let me let's just talk about something real quick. Okay. Okay. All right. So, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. I do too. So do big you, fan, right? Huge fan. Huge, huge dude. We have to talk about one of the recent episodes. Yes. Where he sat down with Bob Lazar. Okay. Listen, I couldn't sleep good after I. So for me, we talked about. It. I listened to the podcast mm. and I immediately just. I went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, you can't help but it. I mean, you, you know, could. You this, there's no way you could like you just imagine the person that listens to that and is like, okay, I'm gonna go sleep now. Like, right, you can't do that. You know, to me, this is one of the most. This is like, why is the sky blue? Yeah. Why Why do we live life? Like yeah. it's one of the eternal questions. Right. Right. So if you guys don't know, let me yes, let's, make sure we let's back do up a little, here. Little, a, little backup. Make sure you're listening to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, yes. shout out. Shout back. out to Joe Rogan. Yeah, we love you, Joe Rogan. That's... We'll take anything you can give us, Joe Rogan. <laughs> no, so yeah, listen Bob, to the podcast. Yeah, listen to the podcast first. But the Bob, this Bob Lazar episode, all right, so this guy, we're going to use the word claims, all right? We're going to be real careful. He claims that he worked at Area 51. Yes. Right? And mm-hmm. he worked to discover uh, quite a bit of things, but the thing that he's most known for is his reverse engineering of uh, well, what wasn't discovered then as an atomic element, mm-hmm. but it is now. It is now, as of I believe two thousand and three. Yep, two thousand and three. So the element was referred to as just either E one fifteen or element one fifteen. Uh-huh. Um, and so him and his team were responsible for reverse engineering what this element was not even on the periodic table at the time. Right. So right. that's the claim. That's the claim. That's the claim. Um, furthermore. Um, the element that they were reverse engineering was from a propulsion system that they were supposedly pulled from an alien spacecraft that he was supposedly a part of. At Area 51. At Area 51. Okay. So, me, I had never heard of Bob Lazar. Neither had I. You know, just, I, you know, my normal Joe Rogan tuning in, mm-hmm. that was the guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, never really been into the whole area 51 thing. You, you yeah. know, I've heard about it. And, totally. understand. You yeah. know, nothing, nothing really that, that piqued my interest until this podcast came on. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the crux of him being on the episode was they just did a brand new documentary on Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, about Mr. Lazar. Um, so Bob Lazar was on there and the director of the Netflix documentary and you know Rogan was on there just grilling him you know trying to probably trying to, to poke holes right like yeah, to, I make, mean make this guy and, fall and, apart and, and and the whole podcast he's just has he I could see him just torn between 
trying to rationalize what this person is saying mm-hmm. and trying to figure out, is this guy full of shit? Because <laughs> I feel like Joe Rogan's got a pretty good full of shit meter. Oh, yeah. I'm like, sure it's pretty strong, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, with, oh, yeah. with you know, the, the people he's interviewed and the, all that stuff. Right. And I could just see the 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 malcontent and I'm like oh my god what is what am I hearing right now right so right. so Bob Lazar claims that he was reverse engineering alien technology mm-hmm. and I believe when he came forward it was 1989 there was an investigative journalist that he kind of blew the whistle to out in Las Vegas mm-hmm. I believe his name's George Knapp. Um, so the world kind of got a hold of this information in 89. Mm-hmm. He was talking about element 115. He was describing the, um, the basically antimatter properties of this propulsion system and how it could basically bend and manipulate gravitational waves. Wow. That's how, um, these aircrafts, uh, UFOs, if you will, are able to dart to and fro quickly. Yeah, because they're they're moving gravity. They're wow. controlling the gravitational yeah uh, force around it. Right. So super fascinating. It is fascinating. Um, wow. So this was claimed in 1989 by Bob Lazar. The element 115 was discovered in 2003. And the discovery of gravitational waves, I believe, was probably somewhere 2015, 2016, recently, within the last five years. Mm. Wow. Yet Bob Lazar was describing these things in the propulsion technology that he reverse engineered in 1989. That's incredible. So to me, um, that's one of the, that's, that's like the question yeah. Are we alone? Right? Are we alone? Yeah. I mean, when anyone comes forward with information like this, and you know, it may not be a coincidence that this is happening 30 years ago, yeah. roughly from when he first came forward and all these mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, that's neither here nor there. If if anyone comes comes to me and says, hey, do you believe in aliens? Right. That's a hard thing to answer. Yeah. You know? I mean, honestly, you know, I, I think any person with common sense a lot of those people are batshit crazy they i mean are. come on <laughs> they are let's 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 be honest You're right. okay however this stuff that mr lazar has is it's super compelling right. it, it makes you really question you know it just makes you question a lot of different stuff mm-hmm. makes you um a little more open-minded yeah especially when a lot of this stuff is being corroborated by scientists right they're and backing it up, yeah. It's 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 right. coming to fruition. Wow. Well, um, so with that being said, um, go check out the Netflix documentary. Me personally, I didn't I didn't really care for the documentary. Uh, Mickey Rourke was narrating it. He sounded like he was on a three week black tar heroin binger. <laughs> it just he was hard to understand. But there were a lot of uh, holes that were in the podcast that got filled with the documentary. Okay. So if you're just wanting to kind of get a cliff note version of this Bob Lazar guy, go watch Joe Rogan's podcast. It is so fascinating. It is literally consumed 
a lot of my spare free reading time, hmm. I'm going and looking up Bob Lazar stuff. Wow. Yeah, guys, give it a listen. Give it a, give it a look. I think that, you know, uh, obviously, you know, we're all entitled to our, our opinions and our, yeah, absolutely. our, our leanings and yeah. things. So give it a listen. <laughs> give it a, Like we say, it's very fascinating. It's very interesting stuff. And yes. it's hard. It's, if, when it's that compelling, it's hard not to look at it and go, it, it, hmm. it, you know, you know, it, it, it really just makes you raise the old eyebrow. Right, right. Um, you know, you just don't ever know people. You, you don't know. ever know. Well, John, uh, let's uh, let's shift gears from from aliens to uh, yes to other to other <laughs> to the real world to the real world uh, <laughs> to real things. Let's get into our topic for today, which uh, happens to be one that you can speak clearly to. Actually, I can provide a couple things. Oh, yeah, but most recently, uh, you can definitely speak to it. So, you guys, hang tight, and we'll be right back. All right, John. So, our uh, our topic for this week is fly gigs. Fly gigs. Fly gigs. So that may be just those two words put together, maybe self-explanatory, but just in case, let's let's uh let's expand. Let's on qualify that a bit. the yeah. fly gig. What so is a fly gig? A fly gig is where um, stop the press. You have to get on a airplane and fly to your gig. Right. So instead of getting on a tour bus or van, a van or a stinky or, old car or whatever. Yeah, yep, yep. You've made you've made it to the point to where the gig you're going to it means you got a plane ticket, you fly, you show up, you play, you fly home. That's correct. These are pretty cool gigs. I've done a couple of them myself. And if you guys have been keeping up, John has one um, that he is going to be doing here. And um, John, just give us some insights on how you've been preparing for it. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, how do you prepare? What, what, what makes that type of gig different than pack a duffel bag, get sure. on a tour bus? Good question. Um, I've actually been fortunate enough to wear... Um, I've been prepared for this super early on before the actual gigs have gotten here months in advance. Right. So um, it's given me time to really dial everything in. Um, But just kind of a rough snapshot of, um, you know, things you need to kind of prepare for. Obviously, you know, learn the material. Mm -hmm. Uh, But two is, you know, making sure that, um, and I've talked about this before, your, your checklist. Yeah. You know, you got to have some sort of uh, inventorial checklist that you go through and you check off to make sure everything is how you need it to be when you get to when you get off the plane and you get to the venue. Right. So for us guitar players, obviously, you got to have a guitar. You got to have an amplifier. Right. Right. Is that going to be provided for me there? Um, usually, you're going to fly with your guitars. Um, you know, me, I'm going to, you know, hopefully be able to bring my guitars on the plane and won't take no for an answer. Right. Um, worst case scenario, I'll have to check them right before I get onto the plane. Right. The gate, the, the dreaded gate check. Yeah, the gate least. check. Yep. So hopefully I won't have that uh, to do that. But um, figuring out when I get to the gig, is there amplifier provided? Uh, you know, usually you put in the request with the production company that's providing backline for mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. before you go out there. Right. In my case, I'm all digital now. So I literally told the production company I need a stereo DI and I'm good to go. That's <laughs> but they love you. Yes. Yeah. I will become their favorite person. So, which is one of the reasons why I converted over to a digital amp modeling rig is for flight aids. Right. So much simpler. It's so much simpler. I still have the capability to 
you know, import massive amounts of effects and program changes and presets and all that stuff. And it's mm-hmm. literally the size of this little notebook right here. Incredible. Put in a put in a backpack and go. Yep. So wow. you know, um, I've got a little flight case for my uh, ATA flight case for the little pedal board rig yep. that gets checked. Guitars go on the plane. That's it. Yeah, I mean, to me, the fly gig thing is interesting because there's two elements to it. One is the checklist thing that you're speaking yeah. of, and the checklist happens to be for for drummers. There's a lot of things to check off. Oh, right. Oh my goodness, Chris. So so many things. The thing about a fly gig is that in most situations, mm-hmm. the schedule is pretty tight. Right. But for me, it was like the schedule's tight. So let's just say you forgot something. Mm. There's no room for that. Mm-mm. Right. So did you bring enough socks? Did you bring your toothpaste? These are simple things that you would normally remember going on vacation, right? Right. But what if you show up at a gig and you're like, oh, I forgot my hi-hats. Oh, I re- or I needed that extra boom stand yeah. for this giant that extra boom here. stand. I wish I had requested it. Or instead of, you know, how about this simple? I forgot the power supply for my MacBook, and my MacBook has all of our Ableton tracks on it. What are you going to do? Right. You know, you're going to have to send a runner out to find you a power supply. You know, these are the kind of things that the checklist is huge. Right? Yeah, and, and thank you for showing me the importance of the checklist because mm-hmm. I was just, I was a hot mess. I'm I was just, just that throwing, anal. I'm just that anal, John. But, you know, you, you, you need to have a certain amount of anal retentiveness when you're doing fly dates because, like you said, if you get out to the middle of, Ten buck too. Yep. You know, uh, it's not like you can go to a local Walmart and get a lightning charger for your Mac. You know right. what I mean? Right. It's not going to be there. It's not going to be there. <clears throat> so you need to make sure that all those ducks are in a row and those T's yep. are crossed and I's are dotted. So, especially for drummers, you know, um, you know, if if the production company is is telling you, hey, what do you need? Right. Then you better tell them exactly what you need from soup to nuts. Well, I was I was fortunate that I had a heads up mm-hmm. when we knew some fly gigs were coming. Yeah, which is so they told us to make a list, right? And so I I kind of just went from like kind of reverse engineered. Yeah, like I was like, okay, if I were going to show up at a gig, what things would I know I need? Right, exactly. Things that are common and stump dumb. Right. You know, of course I need a bass drum. Of course I need a snare right. drum. But things like how many boom stands do I need? You know what? Yep. Request one extra one. You never yep. know. You know, what kind of symbols do I want? Because be careful saying I'll play anything because they'll pull anything out of their stuff. You guys will be playing Z Customs for your country gig or your jazz gig or whatever. You know, you can be specific. Mm -hmm. They told me to be specific. What kind of drum heads? What kind of drum, you know, even even the wood. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of wood do you want them to be made of? What kind of symbols? What series? How big are your crashes? Like think of every little thing. Mm-hmm. And when you get there, the back line has it all there for you. It's so great. Yes. Um, and it, I'll tell you what, if you want to feel like a rock star, even if it's just for a week, oh yeah, do do a few fly gigs. Oh, man, I know. It, it really is the best kind of gig to do. You fly in, you fly out. You know, everything, I'm, I'm going to, my whole rig will literally be in one hand. That's amazing. Like, I'm just shaking my head here. You know, so... Um, but that's the sole purpose of me doing that. So it, it makes everything efficient. Yep. Um, usually with the artists and the gigs that we're doing, they're all supporting acts. So it's throw and goes, you're on, you're off, you know, um, this particular run of shows I'm doing, we actually have a few headlining dates mm-hmm. that we're doing. So, you know, um, 
you know, it's going to take, it's going to be two hour gigs and stuff like that. So you got to be able to know what you're getting into. Right. Uh, you know, if you can get some advancement on the shows of when they're going to be, how long, that kind of stuff, it helps you kind of prepare yep. um, your checklist a little bit better, refine it, I should say. For sure, yeah. So for me, um, you know, backline is just kind of hit and miss, man. You know, most backline companies are going to throw you a Fender Twin or an AC30, and sometimes the speakers will sound good on them. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes you'll have some with the preamp tubes are blown out. I just kind of got tired of having to flip that coin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, last year when I went over to the amp and cab modeling was specifically for this purpose in mind when I start doing fly dates. Right. Like, I need a consistent rig. Yep. You know? Something that's reliable, um, reliable, and predictable, and predictable. Like, yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing is as reliable as my tube screamer, yeah, right? For sure. The analog yeah. effects, but the, D, the trusty DS one, yeah, that old DS one, <laughs> uh, or the old DOD uh, donculator, yeah. oh. the old school uh, metal zone boss. But you know, uh, that's why those pedals are so good. I mean, you know, they're. They're, they're workhorses, but, you know, I can't take a freaking massive analog stomp box pedal board like I used to have onto a plane. Right. And as I've learned, being around guitar players, especially you, mm-hmm. normally your pedal board is dialed in. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is dialed into the amp you're playing. Absolutely. So if you're not sure the kind of amp you're getting, now all the time you spend on your pedal board is for not. It's really, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the specific effects that i'm using the order in which they're in order Mm -hmm. is all directly related to what amplifier and speaker cabinet i'm using right right so you know if i show up with my old pedal board to a gig and all they got is fender twins well fender twins don't have effects loop on there so i have my pedal board wired for pedals to go right into the front end and all my time-based stuff, my delays, my, my choruses, my flanging reverbs go through the effects loop of the amplifier. Right. So they're all cabled and routed and loomed on a big cable mm-hmm. that goes to, that connects to the amplifier. So if I show up and there's a twin there, well, all my time-based effects I'm not going to be able to use. Right. Unless I repatch my whole mm. pedal board. That sounds fun. Or if you have a pedal board that's wired to give you a just straight mono out everything into the front end yeah you know but a lot of work sounds like a lot of variables you it's, know, a, just, it's a wow. shitload of variables mm-hmm. okay a lot of variables so one of the reasons why i was like i don't want to have to do that yeah i i really want to be a plug and play type situation yep so um me being able to tell a production guy all I need is a stereo DI, and I'm good to go. I bet he was waiting there like, and? What else, right? <laughs> and then? And then? <laughs> so, you know, you know, and a lot of guys that do fly, you can fly out with small pedal boards and just kind of stuff that, you know, that you need to just get you by, and that's fine. That's all well and good. And if you're able to do that and you're able to work with, you know, people you know are going to provide quality backline. And listen, 
I, you know, if I just have to, I've still got all my old stomp boxes in a closet. If I just got to throw a little board that's got two or three pedals on there, yep, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to take my my full scale digital rig out if it's if it calls for a couple of pedals and there's already going to be a twin there and I'm playing country music. Yeah, like that's that's all I need. So you're checking these boxes, right? You're figuring out, okay, what exactly do I have to have because I'm flying to Oregon across the country and you're not going to be i'm not going to be uh having the luxury of being in downtown atlanta or close to atlanta where i can just pop into the guitar center Mm -hmm. you know i'm going to be out in the you know the country of oregon right you know and if i didn't have my ducks in a row i could be in a world of hurt yeah can't imagine if you were a drummer yeah, I mean, as as long as like like you know what John and I think are getting to is that if you plan ahead, if you plan up front, yes, and I talk to the production company and tell them I need all these things, mm-hmm. and they're repeating back to me all these things, then when you get there and you know that you had that conversation, then it's on the production company. But what if you had that conversation and you forgot to ask for a certain type of uh, bass drum pedal. Yeah. Or if your band has certain needs where maybe you need two sets of hi-hats or maybe you do need splash cymbals and you forgot to ask for, you know, the splash cymbals. There's just a lot of things you have to think about. Yeah. Because your gear's not with you. I think that for musicians, this is just a thing that for me, being with my gear, near my gear, makes me accountable for my gear. Right. But when it's not my gear and I'm asking somebody to provide a strange drum set. Uh-huh. Things slip through the cracks. Right. There, there's a lot of crack slipping yeah. involved. Yeah. And I, I had that problem with myself, you know, and, you know, doing doing fly dates and, you know, having the wrong back line there and just, you know, I had to work, I had to do the best I could do, but it was totally out of my comfort zone. So, you know, not to beat the production into the ground, but that that's really the biggest thing is making sure that you know your backline is taken care of. Right. right. It's huge. It's huge. Get Fiddles and Paradiddles will always be available for free, but we rely on our donations from our listeners. Please visit our website at getfiddlesandparadiddles.fireside.fm and click on the donate button. Subscribe to our show on iTunes, and if you enjoy what you hear, give us a review. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, that's that's kind of it. I mean, mm-hmm. you really have to, to be prepared. You know, yeah. you know, there's definitely different expectations between mm-hmm. a bus a bus gig or a van gig or a fly gig mm-hmm. and just preparing ahead of time. You know, think, think through all the things that you might forget. Because I think we take for granted that because we're around our gear a lot, we can just pick it up and throw it in a car. Yeah. We're good to go. And you're like, oh, there's one bag left. Yep. But... You know, not seeing that stuff makes it harder. Yeah, definitely does. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, you will you will learn quickly when you get on these fly dates. Um, exactly, if you didn't get that little small little thing that you needed, it's gonna it's gonna bother you. At least it would me. I, oh yeah, I would just oh yeah. You know, as anal as yeah, we are, like why didn't I think of that? Like I should have thought of that. So um, yeah, just be just be prepared and make sure that. The biggest thing for me um, when I'm doing fly dates is that I know the material inside and out, because mm-hmm. um, that's really the most important thing you can you can set yourself up for success or failure based on your level of comfort with the material you're playing. Yes, yeah. I think if you're mentally prepared, 
then even if you did have a gear issue, you'd mm-hmm. be able to get through it. So what if what if you were kind of like, you know, 70% on the songs, and then there's also gear issues? Like, imagine the stress there. Yeah, man, it's just it's just shutdown mode at that point. So, um, you know, if you can get your, you know, if you're doing a fly date with an artist that you've never done a whole lot of, uh, of gigs with and you haven't worked with a lot before, try your damnedest to get the material as soon as possible so you can start hammering that stuff out well here's one thing that um i I thought about that that before we jumped on i meant to mention to you Mm -hmm. is that obviously for you it's a lot easier now but here's a here's a challenge to the drummers go into a room and make Mm -hmm. a list of all the stuff you think you would need Mm -hmm. for a fly gig Mm -hmm. and then come into the room where you keep your drums and start pulling that stuff one by one yeah how many things did you forget yep i bet you it will add up a lot quicker than you think it is yep Yep. You know, because it's like you said, you're you're you've got to cover everything from soup to nuts, man. Yeah. And for me, being a guitar player, you know, um, you know, part of my sound is being able to conjure up sounds right. quickly right. with my massive pedal board, <laughs> right? Wizard over here. You know, to you know, to textural bring the textural stylings of whatever particular vibe an artist is feeling i have to be able to conjure that up i like these words you like my big words i do so you know if i'm just showing up with a freaking metal zone and a tube screamer and a freaking tuner and i gotta play some really intricate guitar parts that have ambient stuff going on like that's not gonna cut it right right so you know we've you know i'm sure a lot of you working musicians out there know who out there in cover bands and stuff, you have to play the cop records or cop the sounds that are on the records. So um, usually uh, that requires some effects box or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to make sure you know which, which ones you need. Right. Um, so with me going to the digital route, I'm able to, I can conjure up all this stuff on the fly. At your fingertips. At my fingertips. And right. there's no... I don't have to go to Guitar Center to buy a pedal or something. It's just all right there. So if you can get your material uh, way ahead of time, that, that, that'll that help you um, feel more confident and it'll help you perform better because you'll have, you'll just be confident. And then all of the other box checking things that we're describing, you won't miss stuff, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So... And you do a few of these, and it just becomes second nature. Yeah, you know, yeah, You've exactly. got your list, and you're ready to go. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope you uh, we hope you, you you thought it was helpful. You know, John and I have have definitely had some experience with that, and um, we don't want you to get out there on the road and have forgotten some things. You know, just think think through what you need and yeah, make it happen. Yeah. So we've been doing this. Um, we've been doing this segment. I guess we would call yeah, it. Yeah, I'll call it this segment. segment for a while. Um, this will be the fifth one, I believe. Mm-hmm. What makes that song great? What makes that song great? And we've been getting some really cool feedback yeah, on this yeah, stuff. Yeah, we have. We, you know, I'm a huge fan of this segment. I'm, I'm a little biased, but mm-hmm. um, uh, I just think that uh, this particular, I don't, because I don't think we've done a Toto song yet. We've not done a Toto song yet. Which is shame on us. No, well, maybe we were building to yeah, it. Maybe, you know I mean? Yeah, maybe we're trying you know to build I mean? it up a little. We're There's always to, foreplay. Yeah, a little, little bit of teasing, a little yeah, bit of, of yeah, foreplay. Yeah. Uh, but they're... Obviously, they're they're we're not gonna pick one of the Pantheon Toto songs. Yeah, this is with, kind of a little deeper deeper cut Toto song. But man, 
This song by Toto, Drag Him to the Roof. Drag Him to the Roof. On the Tambu record is got to be one of the most underrated, underplayed Toto songs. It's it's huge. So I've always been aware of Toto. Uh-huh. But John and I, as you guys know, if you've been listening, have known each other for five years, mm-hmm. I'd say. Mm-hmm. And I never dove really deep into Toto. I was just on the surface level yes. like most people. You know, yes. you get the, 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 the hits. Yes. Right? I've got the hits. I knew yep. the Rosanna and right. the Africa and, mm-hmm. you know, even 99. The Yacht Rock know. Toto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But John exposed me to this live album that literally changed my life and mm-hmm. blew me away. Yeah. Reminded me how incredible Simon Phillips is as a drummer. Oh, yes. My God. And um, the song they close the show with is this song, Drag Him to the Roof. Um, I was just floored by it. I remember when you played it, we were at... Uh, we were at an artist's parents' house. Yeah. We had to spend the night there for yes. whatever weird reason. I don't even remember. Uh-huh. You had this, this new Bluetooth speaker yep. that you were traveling with. Mm-hmm. And you fired this thing up, and it was the first song. I was like, that was good. Like, second song, what is that? Yep. You know? And then you're like, hold on. Let me play this last yeah, hold song. Hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> and he plays Dragon to the Roof. And dude... That song was killer and is mm-hmm. killer, and I was just it blew me away. Like you know, as you get older with music, like having those moments are so incredible. yeah, they they really are. You you start to cherish those yeah. Uh, just you just get immediately inspired. You just feel this fire in your musical soul immediately when you hear something like that. So when I heard the live record, I believe it was the which one was it? Amsterdam, two thousand three. Um, hang on. There's it's the. There's there's two different ones that it was probably on. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was the falling in between. That's one. what it is. It's, it's falling, falling in between. between. That's, that's what it so, is. So for me, um, in 2003, I believe I think Chris, it's Amsterdam live in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got turned. Well, on to, now there's a live in Paris version too. That was 2007. Yeah, I think it was it was either maybe it was the 20th anniversary of Toto. Okay. Okay. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> So I was on uh, a, a gig uh, with a one of the last gigs we ever did with this huge corporate band that I was in at the time, and we had to go out of town, and we were all in the hotel room, and the keyboard player, um, his name is Dave Mannion, he plays in a band called Kansas now. Who's that? You may have heard of them. Kansas. Some, some, like some the band. state? Like the state, I'll Kansas. look it up. I'll look yeah, it up. look him up. Um, he had the DVD. And he said, hey, guys, let's watch this. Oh, man. So the first gig, or the first night um, in town, the gig was over early. It was like we were done by like 1030. We were yeah. back in the hotel by 11. So we were all straight cold kicking it, as mm-hmm. the kids would say. And he pops this thing in. Oh. And it, I had heard of Steve Lukather when I was in music school. Um, they had his Hot hot Licks. It was either Hot Licks or Star Licks video. Um, in the library at AIM. Uh, for you kids, it was on a what's called a VHS tape. You popped it in the VHS. <laughs> for you kids. Yes. Nice. Um, so I had heard of Steve Lukather. Never knew of Toto outside of the Yacht Rot stuff. Right. So this was my first introduction to live Toto. Oh, wow. And it had the same effect on me. It was just like, whoa. Yeah. You know, they, they open up with a medley of some of their deeper cuts mm-hmm. like Hydra and 
English eyes. Yeah. Like some deep cut stuff. Right. And it just, it just grabbed like, me, give me immediately. More. Give me more. Yeah. yeah. So they did drag him to the roof. And that when that song came on, I was hooked on Toto. Yeah. Because it displayed Toto in all its glory. So the song, what do you know? What does it start off with? A killer guitar riff. Killer guitar riff. Hmm. Once again, Chris, Mm -hmm. what do you know? Say it ain't so. So, um, Drag Him to the Roof has this epic Hendrix-esque guitar tone. It's this real neck pickup, Stratocaster scale length, Univibe, Marshall type. Just Jimi Hendrix on steroids kind of thing. So, that draws me in as the guitar player is the riff. And then... You've got Simon Phillips playing this incredible groove over that hi hat part he's playing. I mean, across I mean, that the syncopation alone, just on the hi hat, I mean, butter man. And yeah, he's playing it so smooth that it's happening unless you dial into it. Uh-huh. Like you really have to listen. Yeah, you're like, whoa, listen how hard this is. Uh-huh. You know, with Simon being an open-handed player, right? You know, it's those possibilities are so different. So you know? different, yeah. yeah. So, you know, so the guitar riff juxtaposed with the drum groove and then you have the killer lyrical content and then the chorus that delivers yeah yeah you know what i mean all Um, the elements all all the elements uh that we continue to talk about with these great awesome songs that we're mentioning they they just they nail each one of these these boxes right speaking of lyrical content i think you know um, one thing that I wish we would do more of is is, is quote some some lyrics from the song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because there, there's there's some really good, sometimes heavy. Like this yes. this lyric is heavy. So this is from the song, um, and think about think about wherever you are in your life. Right. Yeah. If someone were to pose these questions mm-hmm. to you, if you, especially if you were going through either hard stuff or maybe you were going to face hard stuff. Yep. So the lyric is, "Who made this jigsaw puzzle? Who'll put the pieces back?" Mm. Right. Who's going to fix me? Yep. Who's going to, who's going to help me out? Yep. And he even goes on to ask who'll come and get me when I've fallen through the cracks. Like that's some heavy stuff, right? That's some deep introspective and and it's, you've got another juxtaposition of the chorus of drag him to the roof, drag him to the roof. Yeah. You know, that's, throw him out yeah. with the garbage, right? Out. With, with right. the, yes, you know, it's with, like there's with the, the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Man. you've got all of this encompassing this great Toto song. And to me, you know, the Yacht Rock stuff aside, like this song right here has got to be one of the best Toto songs they've ever recorded. Definitely. Totally agree. And that's why it's sitting where it is on our little podcast. Yes. Uh, On the Tambu record, Mm -hmm. uh, which a lot of cool things on that record. Uh, Steve Lukather sings the entire record. Mm. There's no Bobby Kimball. There's no Joseph Williams. They were in a weird kind of transition period. Right. And uh, Luke stepped up to the plate and said, hold my beer. Watch hold this. Hold my beer. I um, got this. And just performed a killer record that to me, Tambu, Tambu from start to finish is probably one of my favoriteest Toto record because I can listen to it from start to finish and just yeah revel in its glory. You know? That's awesome. So um, check out Drag Him to the Roof on Tambu Record. Yep. Um, 
Dig, here's my thing. Dig deeper into the Toto catalog. Yes. I'll just get, say get, that. Get, get, get in get, there. Get past the Yacht Rock stuff because they are so underappreciated and they get such a shitty rep from all the critics. And, you know, um, I mean, listen, I can listen to Africa 12 yeah. times a day every yeah. day. It doesn't yeah. bother me. Totally. But I can understand the. It wears thin on people, but man, they have got a catalog of killer music. They do. Totally agree. You guys dig into Toto, definitely check out this song. And uh, John, I think that's going to sum us up today. Yes, we are going to wrap this thing up. Um, fly dates, uh, make sure you got your backline in order. Learn the songs, get your material as early as possible. Uh, make sure you're mac- matching tones with the record. Um, drummers out there, um, you know, do the Chris system. The Chris system. You know, write down everything you think you would need and then go into where your drum set's at and kind of see what you missed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Could work out well. You, you should, Could be, work out should be ready to go. Should be ready to go. Oh, and watch the, the Bob Lazar thing. And, and oh, my gosh. Let please, us, know, yeah. if, let us know if aliens exist. I want all of our listeners to please go down this rabbit hole of Bob Lazar um, it is just so fascinating. It is really making me question a lot of things. Okay, so, so John's John's gonna go to Oregon. I'm freaking out, all he's he's gonna get he's gonna go to Arizona. <laughs> is what to, I'm hearing. I'm gonna Uber yeah. to Area 51 and see if this guy's full of shit or not. Oh my god! All right, so, no. all right. So we'll see John at some yeah, point. I'm yeah. gonna be I'm gonna be behind bars, but now there's, uh, there's gonna be a documentary. Yeah. John's gonna be like. Yeah, I went out there for a gig. It was a fly date. I thought this is where the gig was at. My bad. bad. My gear's not here. Yeah, wrong turn. Nice. All right, gentlemen, let's get out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Yes, and we out.